0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. In 2007, the Holy Spirit talked to me, and I'm going to share some of this as we go along. Tonight, I'm just going to lay a foundation of our beginning of this study, and I believe it will bless you, and I want to encourage you to go through it with me because as you go through it, the more knowledge you'll gain, the more understanding of the Word of God, how to be prepared, what do you need to be looking for, how to prepare yourself. No, let me just say it like this. The Bible says that the the people of God ought to be equipped. And equipping means that you're prepared and that you have what you need. And so I believe as we, this generation that we're in today, Uh, There's a lot of prophetic words, and I'll I'll teach a little bit tonight on this, uh, that's out there, and there's going to be a lot of things that's going to be said in churches. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to be said uh, online. You're going to have all kinds of prophetic uh, things going on. And I think we need to, first of all, look at every prophetic thing that is said, spoken, or done. We need to take it from the light of the Word of God. And this is why it's so important uh, that you have a strong foundation Uh, which is the Word of God. So tonight I'm going to build this foundation, and these are the things we need to know about in the end times. We're going to take this journey through the end times, and we're going to learn how God desires to prepare His people for these most important days. So I I want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit just to enlighten you, and as we go along through this process... I want us to understand tonight that, first of all, the foundation that we're going to lay is the Word of God. And the Word of God is going to be our source, but we will see the world is our stage. And if I can say it like this, even the entire universe is where all of this is going to be played out. And let me just say this too, there's never been and never will be another religious book or science professor, a psychic, no world leader or person, vision or dream that has the truth of God other than the source itself, which is God. And God gave his word to mankind to know and understand the truth. And we are a generation which the end time revelation, speaking out of Daniel, speaking out of the book of Revelation, has come upon. And we are being thrust into, by the timing of God, into this prophetic fulfillment of which the end of the age has come. So this generation, if I can say it like this, is blessed beyond comprehension. Blessed in the glorious hope of the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ and to understand the prophetic word of God and its fulfillment on this modern world is very important. For many, what is blessed, or is a blessed hope, the other is the dangers of the decay of all that is good in the world into a destruction and deception to the end of the world. For us, we have a blessed hope. For the world, there is no hope. You say that, or why can I say that? It's because the Bible says that. It says that without Jesus, there is no hope. This is why it's so important as the body of Christ that we don't allow the spirit of tolerance to hold us back from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage each and every one of you tonight to make a determination that you're going to be a preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere that you go. It's so important. So let's begin tonight by what I believe is a very simple but yet most integral fundamental understanding of our faith. And I say that, those words, uh, as an utmost importance because it is an integral fundamental understanding of our faith. Second Peter 1.20-21 says this. It says, above all, you must realize, now I'm reading this, this passage of Scripture, this will probably be a little different on your screen, but I'm reading this out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. It says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So first of all, we must learn and treat the Word of God as such. It is exalted above all visions, dreams, cultural tolerances, commentaries, denominations, above church constitutions and governments. You say, Pastor, you, you, you hold the Word of God in very high esteem. Let me just tell you something. Some years ago, I was in an airport walking around back in the 90s, waiting to travel to Managua, Nicaragua to hold a conference there where we was doing a, a revival out in that country back uh, right after the Civil War in the 70s and 80s then. And we were building churches and things of that nature. Early 90s, I'm preparing to go out to Managua, Nicaragua, and I'm just walking through the airport, and I'm just praying in the Spirit and just kind of worshiping the Lord in my heart. And out of the blue, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, just like I'm talking to you right now. And he said to me, he said, One of these days, which is coming soon, my word will be looked at as the evil upon the earth. Let me just tell you something. Today in Various uh, understandings in our church world. There are many who will tell you that the Word of God is not relevant. That some of it is not written to you. That some of it is outdated. Archaic. Because I have sat in preacher's meetings here in Australia. And have had mainline, known, prophetic speakers who have said things like this, and I, and I promise you this was said directly to me exactly like this, in this manner, you spend too much time in the Word of God. Big that, close the book. That's all it is. It's just another book. Close it. You have the Spirit. Let me just tell you something. God gave us the Word of God for someone just like that. Why? Because He knew that we would need it. If not, we'll be making it up as we go. But we have a a foundation and a fundamental uh, understanding of of what is spirit and what is truth by always having the source and the resource of the Word of God to be able to judge all prophetic understandings. If not, we'll be making it up as we go. Everybody will have a dream and a vision and just kind of be led along. Be chaos and anarchy. But let me just tell you something. The first thing we need to understand is that the foundation of truth is the Word of God. That it was not just a man's imagination, but it was God in whom spoke. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. And teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It's a powerful statement. That means this, all scripture, not some, not just particular ones that are relevant to the way we want to live, but the Bible says all scripture to our lives will teach us and correct us and prepare us and equip us But I want you to look at something tonight as we begin this process of this foundation. Paul wrote that scripture, he spoke that scripture by inspiration of the Holy Spirit on the heels of a very stern warning that resounded Jesus' own prophetic picture of the signs of his coming in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. And what is so very important to know is our source. For these truths is the word of God, the Holy Bible. So let's read this warning that Paul wrote, found in 2 Timothy 3.1. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers. Fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors. Bible says they'll be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Verse 5 says they will have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And it says there, it says don't hang out with those people. I tell you, it's a powerful understanding. 2 Timothy 4 Verse 3 and 4 says, for, the, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear, and they will reject the truth and chase after myths. Jesus said it like this in Luke 21 his prophetic statement, speaking of the end times, because all of this is what the foundation of our study will be on. Jesus said it like this in Luke 21.80. He said, take heed that you be not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying I am Christ. That word there for Christ is actually the word anointed or the anointed one. And so there'll be a lot of times that you might hear, well, this is a word from God. Or this is, you know, it is sound uh, that it's inspired by God. And we need to be very wise. Again, we need to be very wise. He said, take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. He says, don't go after them. We must understand that the closer we get to the coming of Jesus and the things that will happen in the world, Jesus himself said, the time draws near, for many will come in my name, saying, I am anointed, speaking of the prophetic. And I believe this is something we need to understand, and the basis of all of our understanding is that we build our belief from the Word of God. How we study and where our sources and resources come from, that we get our understanding. Literally, where does your understanding come from? What is the source or the resource of this truth or belief that you stand in? Does it come from an idea? Does it come from reasoning? Does it come from a cultural society or experience that that we want to believe? Does it come from someone who claims to be prophetic? Here's where I believe we need to have a central methodology of interpretation of our biblical text, and that's when we begin to have a purity of vocabulary and what we are hearing and what we are being taught. The dangers are when our sources or resources are not from biblical interpretation, but from other sources. That is, when we build our beliefs or try to interpret things that are happening or follow after things outside of the Word of God, which, remember, the Word of God is God-breathed. And let me just say this, there are many people using sources today, and we're hearing Uh, much more from them and these can be very intriguing and sound amazing and even inspiring but the value of the sources are to be truly understood and let me just say it like this sometimes we hear of codes we hear of Judaism we hear of mathematics we hear prophetic visions and dreams we hear many voices but for all of us what is the purity what is the purity of its vocabulary in theology we would call that what is the purity of that? And by the end of this, I mean, some of you might even think tonight I'm trying to make you biblical scholars and things of that nature by some of this vocabulary, but I'm not. I'm just laying a foundation of understanding because I think it's very important that uh, whatever you base your theology on, especially when it comes to the end times, especially when it comes to how to be prepared and, and how you need to see things, Uh, What you base that on is very important. Because Jesus said, and let me just, let me reiterate. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to begin to happen, spiritually speaking, in this earth that we've not seen before. Because that, Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah at his coming. And that is something that we've never seen before. We've only seen glimpses of what that could be like. But what does that mean? And we'll look at some of that as we go along in a deeper understanding. But that means there's a whole lot of spiritual activity that's going to take place on this earth that has not uh, happened before because Satan's time is getting real short. And it's being amped up, so to speak, in this world. And there's going to be a lot of things that's going to be taking place, and we're going to think, man, have people lost all their common sense? How many of you are already thinking like that? I'm telling you, it's amazing to what we're seeing today and hearing today. But this is only the beginning, really. But let me just say this. When I say this is the only beginning, what's going to happen is this is going to speed up rapidly beyond our own comprehension. It's going to happen so quickly in a lot of these things, and the Bible says this would happen. It will rapidly speed up to the point that uh, for, for, for many, uh, it's going to be hard to keep up, and this is why, I believe the Holy Spirit ha- is having me teach sound doctrine concerning the Word of God and having, uh, I believe, uh, by the very best that I can do on this, is a sound doctrine coming, coming uh, directly from the source, which is the Word of God. And so I think it's important uh, that we are equipped and prepared in this day uh, because, listen to me, the Bible says even if, if, it's, if we're not careful, even the elect can be deceived. And let me just say this. How do you know that you're not going to be deceived? I'm going to teach a little bit on this, how to prepare yourself, how to keep yourself from deception. For one, it begins with not wanting to be deceived. That's where it begins. If you do not want to be deceived, if you will not allow yourself to be deceived, you won't be. That means you're going to have to stay with the purity of the Word of God. let me give you some insights in what I mean here about this first warning Jesus gave and the danger of deception first let me just try something prove something here tonight what I mean now I'm just going to ask a question to the congregation please give me feedback amen since we're talking about the end times let me just ask you a question how many years is the tribulation shout it out how many everybody agree to that seven years Lift your hand if you agree seven years. Come on, participate. It's all right. I'm not gonna, you're not going to be in trouble. Amen. How many believe it's something else? Lift your hand. How many years do you think it is? Longer? Longer than seven? Could be. It's three and a half years. And I'm going to show you through the Word of God. I'll just show you. I'll give you a quick example of this. This is why it's so important. I talk about the purity of the vocabulary. Are you with me? when it comes to the hermeneutics of of our understanding of how long the Acts of Tribulation is. uh, Now, let me just say this. The Antichrist will rule for seven years. See, there's a difference between that, though. And I'll show you in the Word of God what this means. This is the first dangerous sloppiness of biblical vocabulary. The Tribulation is three and a half years, uh, which is the time of the rule of the Antichrist, which is seven years. But for three and a half years, there will be peace, not tribulation. The first three and a half years, he's going to bring peace. There will be peace. Be exact, The Bible says in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, and we'll look at this as we go along. Chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel 9, 27 says there will be a covenant that not that he will make. And this is another thing. This is where a lot of uh, misunderstanding. You say, why is this important? Why do I need to know this? Let me just tell you something. We do need to know this. Because, listen, when this thing is being played out on the world stage, you need to understand where you are. You need to understand what's going on. We need to understand what's happening. Because you can hear something like this in church. It's kind of like this. I remember years ago when I learned, anybody ever studied trigonometry or had trigonometry or anything like that, mathematics in, in school? I, I got a job that I actually had to do, use the ma- mathematics in my job. How many of you ever use your math in your job? Huh? Some of you, I know. Some of us do or did. Uh, things of that nature. But let me just say this. I used to have to have trigonometry every day uh, working that in my, in my work. And I remember going to school thinking, what in the world do I need to know this for? Until I had to live it. Are you with me? until I had to make it a working everyday application. Guys, we're in this time where you're going to see, you're going to need the knowledge of these things where it's going to be a working application. And through this process, we're going to get some uh, really good understanding. Also, uh, you'll be able to explain to others of these truths, which is very important. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 says that there will be a covenant. Now, let me just say this. He's going to what? Confirm the covenant. Now, listen to me. Some theologians, some people will say things like, well, he's going to make a treaty with Israel. No, that's not what he's doing. He's going to confirm the treaty. Literally, what that means is there's already already going to be a treaty. Now, let me just say this. Think of it in this, this terminology. When you begin to think about the end times, you begin to think about all of these things is what do we see happening on the world stage? We can look at these things and we can begin to see how these things could actually come to pass today, some of these things. This is how close we are. So what I'm trying to say to you is is you can look at the world as being your stage as as you learn these things, and you can begin to identify what's going on. A lot better. And where you are in the timeline of God. Now. As we go through this. Think of it like this. He's not necessarily going to make a covenant with Israel. But he's going to confirm this covenant. He's going to confirm some kind of. Already they're, they're talking about a two party state. You know. Uh, with Palestine and Israel. Uh, we're seeing a lot of different things. Uh, change in the Middle East. And. The Bible says in that same understanding that uh, for those three and a half years there will be peace. But then, halfway through it, he'll begin to, what the Bible calls the abomination of desolation uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, which is halfway, right in the middle, of three and a half years of peace, right in the middle of that, uh, he's going to commit an abomination. What that means is, uh, literally, he's going to erect... And I can show you, and I'll show you all of these things in the Scripture. Erect an idol of himself. I believe this is going to be done uh, simply the false prophet uh, who will be confirming the Antichrist, and uh, through there uh, the, he'll he'll command that the sacrifices be stopped, and he'll uh, and an abomination will be erected in the temple by the Antichrist. Daniel 12:11. Uh, says this and confirms that the sacrifices will be stopped and the abomination will be set up on the same day that that it stopped. Adding the detail that is exactly 100 or 1,290 days from the end of the seven years, which is is right in the middle, uh, which is very unique uh, when it comes to three and a half years. Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said that and he told his disciples, again, I'm only laying the foundation of what we're going to study. Uh, Jesus, told the, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, now, when you see this, he said, when you see this in Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said, when you see the abomination spoken of by Daniel, you see, that, that, that's, a, that's a, a, an understanding of a, a sign that Jesus was saying, you look for that. Now, he's talking to the Jewish people here. But he says this, he says, when you see that, uh, spoken by the prophet Daniel, stand in the holy place. Uh, I tell you, that's a powerful understanding. In This word stand, Mark 13, 14, in the holy place immediately uh, is preceding the great tribulation, uh, which is the uh, final end times of when these uh, things will begin to take place. Therefore, the great tribulation is the three and a half years of the last seven or the of the seven years of the rule of the Antichrist so uh, I'm only making that as a point to say a lot of times we have an idea of things but I believe we need to understand some truths in this and just let me just say this from my experience uh, by this we can see uh, that there's been poorly constructed foundations in a lot of areas in the church, in the body of Christ. And let me just tell you something. The Bible says, what will the righteous do if the foundations are destroyed? If there are poorly constructed foundations through poor vocabulary and communication to the body of Christ, it doesn't mean that you need to be a theologian to understand all of these things. I like what Einstein said. He said, uh, if you can't communicate it well enough, then you don't know it well enough. You know, Or simple enough, you don't know it well enough. You know, I think it's very important that we're able to communicate it simple enough so we can understand it, don't you? And so it's very important that we're prepared and equipped for what we are in right now in these times. And let me just say something to you. You were not born out of time. That means... You know, I've heard people say, you know, man, I sure wish I was born in the 1700s, the 1800s. Oh, man, what would it have been like to live in the 1950s? But let me just tell you something. God saw and purposed that you would be here today, right now, for his purposes. He saw that you would be a person that could stand in the evil day, And be able to have a hope and a peace and a strength on the inside of you that you will not fear what will take place in this world and what's going on around you. Don't, listen, don't be uh, afraid to say no to some things. Are you with me? Don't be afraid, and listen to me, don't be afraid to make a stand when it comes to the Word of God. You know, the Bible says, of the early Christians, they did not love their lives unto death. I tell you, it's so important, guys, that we learn to, to have an understanding of God's timeline and, God, and what happens next. Let me just ask you another question. and see how well our, our foundation's been, been developed. How many believe in here now? If you've been going to this church long enough, you, you already know the answer to this probably. But let me just ask you a question. How many believe in, in here that when you die, you go to heaven forever. Lift your hand. How many believe that when you die, you do go to heaven, but you don't live there forever? Raise your hand. That's a correct statement. Heaven's not forever. Are you with me? I've heard that so many times. You know, people, you know when you die, you go to heaven. We'll live in heaven forever. That's not true. That's, an, that's, that's another poorly constructed foundation. And listen to me, we need to have an understanding of what happens next. You know, most of the cults and religions today, you know, people, uh, terrorism is really based on a theology of understanding. Listen, it's a doctrine of devil, though. Let me just tell you that. Uh, And and listen, I can can prove a lot of these different things scripturally. But let me just say something to you. Uh, A lot of these people, they do what they do because they believe in eternity and what happens in eternity. For Christians today, why are we so consumed about living in the now and not for eternity? We're so consumed about getting it now, life now, have it now, have your best now. It's like, listen, best is yet to come. Listen, this earth, the Bible says that within it, one of these days, the Bible says, and I can, listen, I'll show you these scriptures. Let me just show you these scriptures. Look in Isaiah chapter 65. Verse 17, it says, For behold, I will create a new heaven and new earth, and the former, speaking of the current, shall not be remembered nor come into mind. You see that? And let me just let me throw this out there. Somebody said, listen, now this could comfort you. Think about what that is saying right there. You know, how awesome this is that all sin and everything affected by sin will be gone as if they never seemed to have existed before. I wanted to just let that sink in for a minute. Listen, people whom, whom they seem to have such great earthly legacy will not even be remembered at all. Listen, if they are not saved, listen, if their legacy is this earth and what they did in this earth, come on, you know, some pop star. You want to be a remembrance of them that have come into mind ever. What'd you think about that? Listen, what do we live for today? Jesus said, do not lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust will do corrupt, but lay treasures up in heaven. Come on, he's talking about eternal things. We need to have a, a very a more eternal mind. Don't get me wrong. Listen, uh, get what you can, live your life, work hard, develop, save, leave an inheritance, do all of those things. But that's not what life and the pursuit of life is about. Because I'm going to tell you something. There'll be a lot of people that are rich on earth and bankrupt in heaven, so to speak, in eternity. You understand what I'm saying? Because heaven, there will be... A day, the Bible says that every believer will be judged. Did you know that? The Bible says there will be a judgment for the believer. And on that day, the Bible calls it the, the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll look at your, It's in your timeline. We'll look at this. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.